Hi, this is Bill Cunningham of The Box Tops, and I'm the next guest on Own Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hold on, it's time for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 456 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we take a look back at the box tops. Remember that one? The letter they had and uh, Soul Deep and so many other hits. It's their 50th anniversary and Bill Cunningham is going to be joining us. He's one of the original members of the group. And also we're going to be having a review of what's coming our way in theaters on Blu-ray and DVD also in June. So let's get ready. It's time for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a new remake of The Mummy comes our way in June, on June 9th, and it stars Tom Cruise, and also other remakes coming our way in June will be Amityville, The Awakening. Now, this is a reboot of the franchise that uh, has uh, featured the famous Haunted House, and that's coming our way, and uh, like I said, that is a... It's tough to say. Is that one a remake, a reboot? This is about the 10th movie they've made of this. So, anyways, it's coming your way. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies coming your way in June. In theaters, it looks like on June 9th, Megan Levy arrives in theaters starring Kate Mara and Edie Falco. And it's about a young Marine who trains an aggressive military canine. And June 16th, All Eyes on Me tells the stories of Tupac Shakur. And 47 Meters Down stars Mandy Moore and Sharks. That comes our way on June 16th. Scarlett Johansson is dipping her toes into the raunchy woman movies. And let's see, what's this one about? Uh... Where was I? Yes, okay. Rough Night comes our way on June 16th. It's an R-rated comedy. And on June 16th, also a lot of stuff coming our way on June 16th. The Book of Henry. It stars Naomi Watts as a single mom who raises two boys, one who is a genius. June 28th, Kevin Spacey will be starring in Baby Driver. And June 30th, Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler will star in The House. And, of course, it's a comedy. And that's it for upcoming new movies in theaters in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond, take you down to Sequel City and find out what's coming away as far as sequels in June. And believe it or not, there's not a whole lot, which is surprising. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Sequel City. Sequel's coming your way in theaters in June, June 16th. Cars 3 will be roaring into theaters. And Transformers The Last Night is coming our way on June 21st. And The Minions are back in Despicable Me 3. And that's on June 30th. And if you want to hear about the writers who wrote the original Despicable Me, go back in our rerun section and you can find them there because they've been on the show. Both of them together. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD in June. TV on DVD coming your way in June. June 6th, Chips, the complete series, Doctor Who, 10th series. And Farther Dowling Mysteries, complete series, Hee Haw, you were gone. And Hondo, the complete series, and Tales from the Crypt, the complete series. June 13th, Andy Griffith Show, Return to Mayberry will be coming our way. And Aquarius, Season 2, Baba Black Sheep, Season 1, Bones, Season 12, Grimm, Season 6, McLeod, Season 1, The Rockford Files, the complete series, South Park, Season 20. And That's My Mama, complete series, and The Vampire Diaries, Season 8. June 19th, don't want to miss this one, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, the complete series. June 20th, Under the Dome, the complete series. And June 27th, The Jamie Foxx Show, Season 3. And The Strain, Season 3, will be coming our way also on June 27th. That's it for TV on DVD coming your way in June. Next on On Screen to Be On, Movies on DVD coming your way in June. Movies on DVD and Blu-ray coming your way in June. June 6th, Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson and A Cure for Wellness with Jason Isaacs. And June 13th, John Wick, Chapter 2 with Keanu Reeves. And the Lego Batman movie with the voice of Will Arnett. And Table 19 with Anna Kendrick. June 20th, A Dog's Purpose with Josh Gad. And Life with Jake Gyllenhaal. And Sleepless with Jamie Foxx. June 27th, it looks like the Belco Experiment with Michael Roker will be coming our way. Chips with Dax Shepard. And Power Rangers with Brian Cranston. And T2 Train Spotting. That's it for movies coming your way in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, it looks like Alana Morissette's album, A Jagged Little Pill, is being made into a stage musical. And the reboot of Tales from the Crypt from M. Night Shalom has uh, been canceled. It's not going to happen, they say. And let's see, what else? MTV is bringing back MTV Beach House this summer. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen to Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get it to me, eh? And you moan and groan and woe. Don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> Celebrity birthdays, June 5th. Looks like Mark Wahlberg will turn 46. And on June 6th, Robert Englund turns 70. June 7th, Liam Neeson turns 65. June 8th, Jerry Stiller turns 90. June 9th, Johnny Depp turns 54. And on June 10th, Elizabeth Hurley turns 52. 
And it looks like on June 11th, Yulari turns 48. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, we didn't have any this week that are coming our way. But if you or a friend or relative are going to be having a birthday, send me the information at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'd be glad to get that on to you. Uh, Everybody out in the world, let them know what's going on and that it's your birthday. And all like to wish you happy birthday. So, a big happy birthday going out to all those celebrities having birthdays. And... Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Bill Cunningham of the Box Tops. 50th anniversary. They're going to be touring with the Turtles. And uh, let's see. They uh, just, you know, Soul Deep was one of their big hits. And also The Letter. That's a great one. And uh, Bill's going to be talking to us about the group. And he's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is the original bass guitarist and keyboardist and backing vocals for the Box Tops, who back in 1967 gave us the number one smash hit, The Letter, as well as many other hits. They will be touring this summer with the 2017 Happy Together Tour with the Turtles and celebrating the Box Tops' 50th anniversary. It's Bill Cunningham. Bill, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, Bill, uh, 50 years. Does it seem like it's been 50 years since you started? Uh, well, I, I did put in some years even before the letter came out. So right. That's... It may have even been more than 50 years. But, <laughs> yes. but yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, inside, I think we all feel uh, yeah. a lot younger than maybe physically we feel sometimes. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the letter is such a great song. Uh, it's it's just one of those songs that, and, and it's been done many times by other artists over the years. Uh, did did you guys realize when you were recording that back then that it would just be something that would live all this time? Uh, well, the the answer is obviously no. Um, I think when we recorded, we were just trying to you know put out a, a record locally just to get some. Uh, additional uh, local dates around uh, in and around Memphis area, which was typical for a lot of bands to do. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, certainly didn't uh, think of ourselves as um, having a, a number one record in the United States, let alone uh, doing uh, you know well internationally. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you guys get together to, to form the band? Well, that's sort of an odd thing. The, the band was called the DeVilles, and it was an existing band in Memphis. And a lot of band members in Memphis, it was a relatively small musical community. And um, we used to switch bands every once in a while, you know, as bands folded and other bands started up and things like that. And uh, we just sort of, uh, the DeVilles sort of fell apart. Uh, and... Uh, the, the different members that ended up being the box tops uh, became the latest version of the DeVilles at the time. Uh, and then when we went to put out the record, um, we did a search, uh, and, you know, to make sure we were fine on the name and then found out there was already another national act called the DeVilles. Mm-hmm. So we had to come up with a new name. Yeah. 
Now, what was, I mean, I know you guys were playing and, and, you know, coming up with music and everything before the letter, but uh, was, the letter was your first national hit, correct? Right, right. And, and you know, of that band, that was the first recording that was ever released, too, of that particular thing. The DeVilles, in earlier versions, uh, put out a couple of local records. And as mm-hmm. I said at the beginning of this interview, uh, the hopes was to get some additional local gigs, and that's what they did. Yeah. Now you- uh, and the only member in that band uh, that was the same member and our band, uh, which became the Box Tops, was the drummer, Danny Spines. I see. Okay. Now, you mentioned that uh, you were the DeVilles, then you changed to the Box Tops. Uh, how'd you come up with the name? Uh, you know, I don't really, really recall it very well, but, uh, you know, we were all trying to think of something uh, and, you know, the best we recall is, is basically everyone was giving up and we were sitting around and somebody said, well, maybe we should just like have people send in box tops with names on them or something, you know, the way they used to solicit and get feedback on some of these uh, daytime television shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, oh, no, God, that's terrible. <laughs> and... Um, and I really hated the name, uh, but when the letter got to be number one, it was palatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it would have been. <laughs> and so, it, so it's grown on me. It doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a little while, but you got there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before the DeVilles and before the Box Tops, um, how did you get into to music? Was this something that uh, you, you came about in high school, or where does where does your musical talent come from? Uh, well, that's an interesting question, particularly for me. Um, my grandfather was the concert master of the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Wow. My mom was forced to play piano and escort him around the country doing recitals, so she played piano begrudging, grudgingly, I guess. <laughs> Uh, my dad was a uh, son recording artist and worked for Sam Phillips, who was our neighbor next door, um, from 1953 to about 63, I think. So he was around for all the Elvis, you know, Jerry Lee and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother played guitar. He was a session guitarist and an artist himself and later came out with a – I mean, he did some pretty – admirable stuff in the late 50s, but particularly um, at the time the letter was released, he had a song in the same column of Billboard as us. I think we had the number one song, and his was like number 20 or something in the charts. It was a song called Let It All Hang Out by the Hombres. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, so he wrote that and sang that, and uh, if you can call that singing, uh, (laughs) and uh, played keyboards on that. So my whole family was in the music business. Wow. Yeah. So what was it like around, uh, you know, the holidays when you and your brother are there, you know, your number one song, he's number 20. How did that go over? <laughs> well, my mother used to uh, commute uh, to downtown Memphis. We lived out, out in the uh, suburban area of Memphis, uh, well within city limits, but in, still in the suburbs. So uh, she used to say uh, she would carpool with a, a bunch of women to, to go to the hospital where she worked. And uh, she'd say, 
you know, at that time, uh, before she got to work, she would hear uh, both of our songs on the radio before she ever got there. So that must have been an experience for her oh, to wow. actually hear both of her sons in two separate groups right. in the top 40 at yeah. the same time. Jeez. <laughs> so how did life change for you after that one big mega hit that you had? Uh, as far as, you know, I know you're, you're, you went on and you did more songs and everything. That was great. But, you know, for you personally and, and the other members of the groups, uh, you know, you always see, you know, like the Beatles' Hard Days Night when they're running around and people are chasing them. Was it that type of thing? When we first started out, um, the screaming hadn't stopped from the audiences. Mm -hmm. And I remember playing a Beach Boys show, I think. Uh, we were opening for them. And it was one of our first you know, sort of coliseum dates. And we got on stage, and everybody was far away. And we didn't have monitors and sound uh, you know, systems like they do nowadays. Right. So... It started, and I remember getting out there and plugging in my bass, uh, and we were starting to count off, and everybody started screaming, and my clothes literally shook backwards <laughs> from the from the from you know just the pressure of the screams coming at you, wow. which was something I totally did not expect. And the whole concert to me sounded like, besides the count off, it sounded like a bass solo. Hmm. I, I couldn't hear anybody else in the band. <laughs> it's like, wow. Uh, we just played. Unlike today, you know, you have monitors. And right, yeah. You hear and you try to get the balance right and stuff. But, you know, it was just uh, totally different. But the main thing, I think, um, you know, that was a big change is when we started out, we drove around. We ended up buying a vehicle and pulling a trailer and then we bought uh, some kind of truck to tow our equipment, and we hired somebody to drive the truck and load the equipment for us. And then we started flying everywhere. Uh, and, you know, it was just the mode of transportation and, and the, the distance we had to go and how, how fast we had to go. You know, they'd fly us to one coast to do, let's say, The Tonight Show, and then they'd fly us the next day to L.A. to do some other show. And then they fly us back to Boston the next day. And I'm thinking, even at a young age, I'm 17 at that point. I'm thinking, why can't you guys just put us on one coast for like a few days and let's do all of that and then go to the other coast? Right, why yeah. do we have to keep going <laughs> coast to coast? But, uh, you know, those are some of my odd memories of those early days. Yeah. Now, at 17, uh what was it like for you to walk out on stage, like you say, you, had, you know, opening for the Beach Boys? Walking out in a, a stadium, and you know, seventeen years old. It, it, were you nervous, or? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it it certainly takes a certain amount of um, confidence and 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 nerve to to even do that kind of thing. But after you do it, uh, you know, day in and day out, you cease to be nervous. You you learn to relax more. Right, yeah. But certainly at the start it was nothing like the dances or like whatever we were playing in Memphis. Right, yeah. Jeez, I mean, you know, you go from uh, a sock hop with, you know, 50 to 100 people and all of a sudden you're doing thousands of people. It must be, <laughs> right. the, the first time must have been a little a little shocking for you. It, it is unnerving, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot that one has to get accustomed to, but just, I guess, like any other 
thing that one does in life, um, you know, there are big changes, and mm-hmm. that was certainly a big change. Yeah. Now, with, with all the, the touring that you did, uh, is there any any incidences that happened on stage or anything funny that, you know, wasn't supposed to happen but happened or anything that uh, you can share with us? That's an interesting question. I haven't really given it any thought. Uh, no one's really asked me that that way. So, you know, there are a lot, a lot of people we saw, um, but it, it wasn't like funny things that happened, mm-hmm. uh, that I can, that I can think of. Um, yeah. but, um, uh, at the time we came out, some of our earliest gigs were like with the doors cause they light my fire was just climbing the charts too. Mm-hmm. At the same time the letter was. Yeah. And if you think about it, that summer of 67 was the summer of love. So you had the Beatles with Sergeant Peppers, the Stones were still out, uh, you know, with records as well as the Beatles mm-hmm. as far as competition. Um, Hendrix was brand new, you know, Cream were new, uh, Pink Floyd was come, yeah, had just come out. So, I mean, it was just a whole host of, of different direction right. in music that was coming out. Yeah. And that's something that I sort of remember. But uh, as far as events on stage, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, there are funny things that happen in the really, really early days. Obviously, we didn't have all original material or had even done an album when the letter first came out. And uh, we used to do uh, Van Morrison's uh, Brown Eyed Girl, and there's a little bass solo in there. It's nothing to it. Mm-hmm. And I got so bored of playing it that one night I just ran and slid on my knees with my back bent all the way to the floor, uh, playing the bass solo like it was some kind of really, you know, terrific hard thing to do. And and our drummer just cracked up and lost it. <laughs> now, Bill, tell me, are, are you going to be doing that in the in the uh, Turtles uh, Happy Together tour? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Unless unless they pay me the right amount, but right. I don't think so. <laughs> Now, uh, bringing that up uh, about the, the tour that you're going to be doing with the, the Turtles, the Happy Together tour. Now, I've seen uh, quite a few of their their uh, different shows that they've had over the years, and um, they're always great. They're just so much fun. Uh, so are you guys now in the, the practice stage of that, uh, or have you already started the tour itself? No, the tour starts in uh, June. Uh, and it's basically uh, laid out as uh, the East Coast in June, the West Coast in July, uh, and the central part of the country in August. Wow, okay. Um, so that's sort of how it's structured right now. Uh, we'll get together and do the rehearsals. I think everybody's, almost everybody besides us has played on the tour, I think, uh, the previous year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they probably already know their material. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we will add a Memphis sound to that tour, which will be unusual for them and should be fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a great show. And I'm just trying to think, just so our listeners know, uh, on the Happy Together Tour this year, of course, it's the Turtles and um, uh, Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night. Right. And the Kyle, the Kyle Sills. And right. The Association. The Association, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, and you guys. And Ron Dante from the and Archies Ron. and us. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great lineup. Yeah, it's a lot of different music. And, you know, when 
we first were asked to to uh, join that tour, I started thinking about it. And I don't know if anyone that's listening is familiar with the Turtles' uh, Battle of the Bands, which is a great album, by the way, and represents their humor. And Eleanor was one of the songs on, on the album, which is great. Oh, I love that song, song yeah. But, but has a sense of humor in and of itself with the et cetera and, and some of the, you know, the wording of the lyrics. But um, that, that album is the Turtles imitating all these different kind of genres like surfing music and Memphis music, you know, sort of. Uh, and so I can almost peg each one of the acts as being one of the acts off that album that the <laughs> Turtles were making fun of. Huh. Wow. I never realized that so th- really that's good. what it was like. But, uh, you know, I love the song. It's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh when when you're out and and touring with these people, are you uh, uh, like you say you're going to do the West Coast or East Coast first, and then the West Coast? So you're not doing like you did back in the early days, doing <laughs> bouncing from coast to coast and north and south and all that. No, no. As a matter of fact, I think most uh, will have fly-in points to the what we call the major legs, and then I think uh, we'll be traveling on bus together, all the, all the different artists. Hmm. Um, you know, so yeah. we'll be more close quarter, but also short short distances. You know, relatively short distances right. between between each performance. Yeah, uh, that's I got to see that one because I'm sure <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it should be great. Yeah. Now, um, have you performed with any of these people in, that are going to be in that tour? Well, we uh, certainly uh, have performed with the Turtles a number of times over the years. Oh, you did? Uh, b- both in the 90s and uh, early 2000, maybe uh, certainly in the 60s. Uh, I remember playing a show in San Diego with um, the Turtles, Sonny and Cher. Wow. Uh, Linda Ronstadt and the Stone Ponies. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? Uh, Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. Um, and uh, there were a couple other, I think the birds, but they were down to three at that time. Huh. Yeah. And uh, us. A lot of great music there. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, and it probably only cost you $2.50 to get in. Right. Uh, <laughs> Times have changed. probably about 25 bucks nowadays. <laughs> right, yeah. But that's still cheap. It is, yeah, 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 for the great show that it's going to be. Gee. Now, when you were touring back with, uh, you know, back with the box box tops back in the 60s and uh, when you started traveling and being the opening acts or or being on stage with other acts, were there any that you were, I mean, it just, you know, it freaked you out because, you know, you were performing with or before so-and-so. Is there any acts that were just, you know, you were so excited to work with? Well, uh, you know, I think we were interested in a lot of different acts, but the Beach Boys uh, were a group that we really were happy to work with and actually became good friends with them. And we did, I think, two summers, if not three, uh, almost three tours with them, uh, almost 30 days. Hmm. So, you know, maybe a little less than that. But, uh, you know, we did probably around, my guess is about 60 to 70 dates or something like that with them. Yeah. Over the three years that we were together, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, we just respected them but, um, and, and loved them you know, as friends. 
as yeah. well. Um, and then there were, you know, there were other acts that were always amazing. Uh, oh, I remember one, and I think it was out in San Francisco. Uh, we had a group that was new, that had uh, a couple of big records, brand new records out that opened for us. It's called, uh, the group was called Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, wow. And I was just looking at Larry Graham playing the bass, and I thought, how the hell do I follow that? It's <laughs> <laughs> like really intimidating. They were great. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Huh. Now, the um, with when you lost my train of thought. <laughs> See, they even knock you off. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm listening to you, and you're naming all these groups, and it's like, wow. I mean, this is... This is music, you know. <laughs> well, this was this was that period. I mean, there were periods in the late fifties. There were periods in the early, you know, maybe early sixties. But from like sixty, well, certainly with the Beatles, if you count all that, sixty four in the United States, sixty four through sixty nine were, were just sort of magical years. Mm-hmm. Music. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get to uh, meet the Beatles? Uh, well, I didn't ever really meet the Beatles. I ran into Lennon in a hallway, just he and I, and I said hello to him, and he said hello back, and that was it. We were both trying to avoid fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were in New York. Uh, he and Paul were in New York uh, for the announcement of Apple, uh-huh. and they stayed at our hotel, the one that we usually stayed at there, and so we just happened to run into one another in the, one of the back exits and entrances of the hotel to avoid everybody. Mm, Um, But I did see them play in in, uh, 1966. Wow. Before they broke up on their last tour in the States. Jeez. Mm. Now, um, the letter, of course, we've mentioned that a couple of times here, but, uh, you you know, then you went on, you had Cry Like a Baby and Soul Deep. um, But now you had left the group in, uh, what, 60, it was 60. I left the group in August of 60. Um, well, actually, I stayed through August of 69. And mm-hmm. in, in September, I went to school. So was Soul Deep uh, out yet? Soul Deep was out. And the album, uh, Dimensions, our last album, had already been recorded. So all that stuff had already been canned and, and was actually released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Soul Deep was uh, about 20... Well, maybe 21, maybe 22 or 25 or something like that and, and Billboard uh, when I quit. Yeah. Was that so a I hard decision? Huh? Was that a hard decision? Um, no, I guess not. I mean, I made it because I wanted to, I, you know, when I would get some time off uh, in Memphis, I would go see some of my old friends and they were all studying classical music mm-hmm. and they were getting really good. Uh, and I was sort of envious, envious of them and their technical ability. And so I just decided to get a degree in classical music, too. And, and that's why I quit to actually do that, Yeah, uh, which I did. Um, and I guess the way I felt at that time, we were always playing shows, but we were always like playing the same songs every night. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel like I was progressing uh, at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, you actually went on and you you did start doing a lot with your classical music, correct? Yes, I played in uh, uh, multiple symphony orchestras, but Memphis Symphony principally, uh, 
uh, was in that for four or five years, or maybe longer than that. Um, and I played in uh, a number of other symphonies around the region, Nashville and Jackson, Mississippi, and Little Rock at least sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also did, uh, our teachers were string players on our recordings, even on the letter. And so uh, I was taking uh, upright bass, contrabass, uh, yep. and cello, and some other instruments. Uh, and I ended up sort of as a B team of uh, recording session string players. And I ended up doing things like uh, on Shaft, uh, working with Isaac Hayes. And mm-hmm. so I was on that track. Wow. Um, and uh, I did a little bit of touring with Isaac, too. Jeez. Around the area. Huh. Now, so I mean, you know, I I don't know what all I'm on. I just remember, yeah, yeah. playing a lot of stuff huh. in studios. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now, going from rock and roll music over to classical, did the classical people sort of, you know, look at you and say, well, he's that rock and roll guy? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I didn't count it. I mean, I, you know, didn't really tell them who I was, although I'm sure they found out or something. But, uh, but you know, they they accepted me, and I was a good player. I was actually probably one of the top classical players around the country. I was trying to get in Philadelphia Philharmonic or New York Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. And actually, my last classical, well, I was studying in Philadelphia with the principal basis of the Philadelphia Philharmonic at the time in 79. My last classical performance uh, was playing the Camp David Accord for Begin, Sadat, and Carter. Wow. Uh, with a, um, it's like Perlman on violin. Yeah. It was a quintet. Uh, and Pinka Sukerman on, uh, I think, either second violin or viola. I forget what she played. And then somebody else on cello. I don't remember who. Jeez. So, uh, and those are big names. If you don't know oh, anything yeah. about classical I... music, that's like saying, you know, Paul McCartney on bass and right. somebody else on, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I know, I recognize the names myself, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's quite a thing, jeez. Yeah, and I did, you know, I worked with uh, Jim Henson on the Muppet, on spe- Muppet specials, I did sound really? tracks with them. Wow. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I literally could read anything and play all kind of stuff. Yeah, huh. So it's, it, it's you know, most of us know you as... The, the box tops, one of the box tops guys, but uh, right. you, you really, that, that's what I like to find out is, you know, different, what people have done besides what we all know them for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was big in classical music and I, you know, I played um, all over the place and people knew me in the classical field very well. Yeah. So what, what made you decide to come back to, to rock and roll and, and continue on with the box tops? Uh, well, it changed from classical into uh, business, and so I started doing, I got a master's degree in business when they first came out with MBAs, and uh, so I started doing a bunch of stuff uh, in business, international business, and 
one night I was just listening to some recordings of some new stuff, and I thought, man, I haven't been in a studio in ages. I have no idea what it's like now. And I just called up Alex Chilton, our lead singer, and said, do you want to go back in the studio and do something, you know, just record something? Because I hadn't ever been in, in you know, like 17 years or something like that. And mm -hmm. he said, sure, who should we get? And I said, well, I guess the original members. He said, yeah, okay. And so I called the other members, and one by one they said, yeah, I'll do it, but, you know, Alex won't do it. And I said, I started with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh, okay, in that case, I'll do it. So we just got back together to just sort of as a lark to please me, uh, just to let me come back into the studio. And, and we ended up recording another album called uh, Tear Off. Uh -huh. And so we released that. Did you have a good and that's time? that's when somebody found out that we were in the studio. People started showing up, and I don't know how they found out they're showing up. And uh, agents started trying to, uh, they showed up and, and, and tried to talk us into going out on the road. And we said, well, we all got different jobs and stuff. We don't really want to do that. But if you want to try it, you know, we'll do maybe 10 dates a year or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we started doing that in the, like 1997, I think, was the first year we went out. Wow, yeah. And uh, what what was it like getting back together? Was it like the old days? Yeah, you know, everybody showed up at the studio, and I saw Danny, the drummer, you know, pushing some some you know equipment cases and stuff around, and I thought he just was a studio hand. <laughs> I didn't even recognize him. He had changed so much, you know. The other guys looked somewhat like they used to, uh, but the funny thing is. As soon as we started playing, it sounded like the old band. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing is, uh, over the three or four days that we virtually lived in the studio together, it was as though our personalities were the same as we were as teenagers. I mean, the, the factions and the people and the humor and everything was exactly the same. Nobody changed. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So... So, so you're happy. You're you're glad that uh, you did it. Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting, um, interesting thing to do, and it certainly led in directions I would never have thought to to uh, entertain. But uh, I went ahead and and started doing things, and uh, I'm not disappointed. And uh, the main thing is the audiences love the show. Yeah. Now, when you're out there playing for people now at this time you you gotta see just uh, you know depending on how big the crowd of it's you know a hundred people or, or ten thousand people whatever it is uh it's got to be like smiles everywhere right <laughs> yeah i mean assuming we can see people because right. of the lights on right the stage yeah. and stuff. but but i mean we certainly see them after the show and you know and signing autographs or talking to people and stuff but, mm -hmm. but yeah and I say it's like this. Um, I think of it as we create whatever it is that we create, right? Mm -hmm. And that affects people. Everyone remembers where they were when they heard the song and stuff. So we trigger all these memories oh, on yeah. people's minds. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and so everybody shares the experience of having seen us perform and heard us perform. But everybody's experience is different because their memories of those songs bring back all these positive reinforcement and, and recollections uh, that they have that are personal. Yeah. So everybody walks out of that place 
happy, satisfied, or whatever, having shared an experience. But everybody has this unique experience at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and that, I mean that's got to be a good feeling for you to just to see everybody so happy. Yeah, I mean, there's so much other stuff in the world that doesn't go so well. I'm mm-hmm. happy to make people happy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why you're on the Happy Together Tour. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, Bill, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Taking us away from your music of the box tops, your upcoming 2017 Happy Together Tour with the Turtles, and also uh, the 50th anniversary of the box tops. But um, when you personally have time, and I'm sure you don't have a lot of time, but when you do have time to sit back, what are you watching on TV? What's your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, well, those are those are a lot of questions, again, no one's really asked me, but uh, things that I'm watching, I'm watching Better Call Saul. Ah, yes. Because I watched Breaking Bad, and then I, I really was craving that writing and that particularly the cinema and 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 Breaking Bad was great, and it's the same crew, same writers, and also the same stage crews and lighting crews and camera crews that were on that show that did that are doing Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. So um, that's sort of you know one thing. I mean, there are a lot of different things. I mean, I watched Mad Men, yeah, good show uh, as well, which was interesting because everything that was on the set I recognized from my life. Right. <laughs> They perfected the dress. They perfected the 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 colors, the the rooms, whether it's in the house or in the office community or something. It just reminds me of the you know that period of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can remember so, watching uh, that show and seeing uh, in the kitchen a, a certain style of chair or or table. Yeah, and it's right. like, oh, well, I, I remember those. Cup. My mom had that cup, <laughs> right? <you know>? Like <laughs> exactly that same orange color. You know what? Yeah. So that was sort of a nostalgic trip for me, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a, a, a I haven't really had a lot of free time, uh, so I don't spend a lot of time watching television. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but those are like some shows or some yeah. series that were that yeah. were run that I, I followed. Any movies that that you like uh, that, that that either now or or in the past that you know if if you ever come across it in, on TV and say, oh, I got to watch this movie. <laughs> Yeah, there there are a lot of movies I I love. You know, old movies. I love some some new movies. I have people and friends that are in the movie industry. They work on uh, on uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and a bunch of other films oh, that, are, wow. that are that are big films, the Batman films and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I actually know people that do do things uh, in the movies and yeah. stuff. So that's interesting because I get to see their work and I can see see what they're doing. And, yeah. And, yeah. and hear about that kind of thing. Hmm. Well, Bill, I want to thank you so much uh, for doing this interview, and uh, also, uh, you know, thank you for for your music because uh, it's, you've given us some some great songs there. And uh, I wish you luck on your fiftieth anniversary, and also on the tour that's coming up with the Turtles. And I thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for uh, you know having me on your show, and thanks to all the listeners for buying and supporting uh, our music. Uh, if it weren't for all you guys, um, I would be, well, maybe I'd be in a classical orchestra, but I'm not, and it's <laughs> thanks to you. So come see us. We'll have fun. 
big thank you going out to Bill Cunningham for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And, of course, Bill is from the Box Tops. It's their 50th anniversary, and they are celebrating all summer long by touring with the Happy Together Tour with the Turtles. Now, if you haven't ever seen a Happy Together Tour with the Turtles, you don't want to miss it. Uh, they always have some, it's always a great show. They always have some great guests with the Turtles. And uh, this time, the box stops. Bill Cunningham is going to be there. Be sure to join them for that. Also, I this year on their tour, let's see, who else is on there? I'm trying to think. Um, Chuck Negron of um, Three Dog Night is going to be there. Also, uh, Ron Dante from the Archies. Uh, he did a lot of songs uh, of, uh, you know, doing the vocals for him. And uh, the Cow Sills, the Association, going to be a great show. So be sure to check that out. And uh, be sure to catch Bill Cunningham and the Box Tops. They're going to be celebrating their 50th anniversary. And that's it. That is a wrap for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. If uh, you are going to be out and about, uh, be sure to uh, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. They might enjoy listening to some of our past episodes or some of our future ones that we have coming our way. A lot of great guests here in the past and in the future right here and uh, let them know about it. I'm sure out of the 456 episodes we have up right now, they will find somebody that they would enjoy listening to hear about their story. So be sure to tell a friend. If you're on Facebook, like us. If you're on iTunes, uh, be sure to leave us a review there. Help uh, people hear about us and get us up there in the, uh, not so much, I don't really care about the ratings, but, you know, just gets our name out more. And uh, if you leave a review, that's uh, always something, you know, people will look and say, oh, is this, this show any good to listen to? And they'll, you know, see what the, see what's on there. And uh, hopefully they will find, like I say, some uh, interesting people from TV, music, and uh, the movies. So many different people. We've had great guests. And we hope you'll continue listening and tell a friend, like I said. All right, that's it. That's a wrap for this week. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. Thank you.